Welcome to New World Survival. I do not have coronavirus. My name is Luke. Uh, my name is Paul. I was a bit delayed, Paul. Anyway, yeah, we should um, explain the delay on this one. Uh, Luke's currently still in Japan, and I'm in England, and we're doing a podcast over the internet. So there may be a slight delay in our responses. Wow, how exciting. I'm going to be honest. I have a, what is this? A, t a, a Turin, oh, Turin, a Turin chocolate muffin with my hot boss coffee. I guess anyone's wondering, it's a coffee you can get from a 7 Eleven. Um, and I'm very excited to record this podcast because, as Paul mentioned, we are live in Osaka and live in wherever Paul lives. Um, England. <laughs> in England, that'll do, yeah. If I need I need compromise your secret location then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today we are going to be covering the coronavirus updates as of today and as of tonight for me. So it's currently nearly 8pm at night for me. Uh, I'm nine hours in front of Paul. How Japan is a prepping nation. The coronavirus predictions that we have, uh, me and Paul have as preppers. And how you can prepare you and your family for the lockdown now paul switching over to the survival hub can you give us some statistics i certainly can so as of almost 11 a.m on the 14th of march 2020 uh, the total confirmed cases are sitting just above 145,000. Uh, the total deaths are around five and a half thousand and the total recovered, which nobody seems to be talking about, is just above 71,000. Right, so quite high. Yeah, people are recovering from it. Um, the media mainly seem to be focusing on the deaths, obviously, and how it's going to be affecting general life and locking things down, mass gatherings. But yeah, people are recovering from it. Uh, something we'll touch on a bit later, I'm not sure if Luke's aware of being tucked away in Japan, is our government's plan for what they want to do and the the herd immunity, they're calling it. So we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later. Uh, numbers by country. Uh, China is still up there. They have almost 81,000, though they haven't recorded many cases over the last week, which I find extremely suspicious. Um, I think they've had a their numbers have gone up around a hundred in the last twenty four hours, and uh, probably around nine hundred in the last week, which is it just doesn't seem right considering the, the the growth rate of this at the start and how it is now. I don't believe the numbers that are coming out of China, um, Italy, poor old Italy. Uh, Forty eight hours ago, they recorded I think it was one hundred and ninety four deaths. And in the last 24 hours, they've recorded a further 250 deaths. Um, I think their death rate currently at the minute is sitting at around 1,200. So they, they're having a tough time over there. I've seen in the news that they are running out of room in the uh, the morgues and the mortuaries. So they're having to leave bodies in chapels and churches. So yeah, things are not going to be good over there at the minute because they're, they're going to need to do something with these bodies. Um, they're all either going to need to be buried or cremated, so depending on the wishes of the families. But I think their systems are going to be put under a lot of stress over the next few weeks while this this thing runs its course. Yeah, um, it's pretty um, 
I was going to interrupt you quickly. It's pretty um, it's pretty mad at the moment. Like we, I'm seeing bits and pieces of um news coming on to. I, I mean, I'm kind of trying to basically just translate it from Japanese. But then on my phone, I've got like a Google app, and it basically it just updates me all the time on that. But it's certainly weird being, you know, coming from the environment of being in a prepping situation back home to come into a country that is supposed to be extremely infected, and then. It doesn't really seem that bad here than going back home where it's extremely infected. Um, I'd like to also apologize as well quickly for why I wasn't really responding. I was stuffing my face with a chocolate muffin. So um, <laughs> that's the reason I didn't respond. But... It's all good. Yeah. Um, got plenty of stats here. I could read them for the next hour, but we won't bore everyone with that. Well, it's all good. What else stats have we got? Have we got any more? Or... Uh, our stats, I think there's currently 11 deaths in the UK and 801 confirmed cases. Uh, things are getting bad in Spain by the look of it as well, looking at Spain's numbers. There's 5,232 confirmed cases and 133 deaths that I'm aware of. But they are quickly catching up South Korea, Iran and Italy by numbers. I mean, what are we looking on South Korea? South Korea, they have 8,000 confirmed cases. Iran have 11,000. Italy have 17,500. So yeah, all those countries in Europe that are in, in close vicinity of each other, uh, Spain, Germany, France, uh, Italy, uh, I think uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, they have declared Europe as the epicenter of the outbreak now. So China have uh, lost the spotlight, which I think was their plan all along uh, to decrease their numbers that they're releasing. So it doesn't look so bad in China and Europe has, is quickly approaching uh, China numbers as a combined as a combined um, continent. Well, the thing is, as well, what people don't think about um, certainly being there's a name for it, I forgot what the name is, but certainly being in Japan, you rarely see a Westerner, and it's almost the point that's actually probably helped. And like, you can practically blame immigration for a lot of this. Mm. Um, and you know, <clears throat> this is what I say to people like you're in a hub if you're in a city like a big major city then you are in a hub of people coming in and people going out for example and they are going to bring viruses in and i'm not saying stop immigration but what i'm trying to say is that a lot of it is because of immigration you're always people going back and forth back and forth back and forth moving around it's it's not helping yes it's, it certainly doesn't help when uh, schools and universities are still open. Um, obviously, a lot of people come from all over the world to study at university in England. Uh, we have some of the best universities in the world. And where well, people are still just coming and going freely as they as they are. Uh, again, coming back to something we'll touch on later is this herd immunity that the government are proposing that we do now that we're out of the containment phase. We've moved into the delay phase is they are suggesting that 60% of the population need to catch it in order to build up an immunity. Which... Yeah, it's very strange. I saw I saw Boris, um, I saw well, I saw an article on earlier on saying, why on earth is Boris doing it completely different to the rest of Europe? So this is very interesting times that we're living in, clearly. 
Yeah, so the, the rest of Europe, they've basically gone into lockdown. They're pretty much closing the borders. People are closing the borders now. They're stopping flights coming in. Um, the US has banned all European flights for 30 days. Uh, I think the UK is soon going to be added to that list as well. Um, they're locking cities down. Well, they're locking entire countries down. Italy is in complete lockdown. People are not even walking the streets anymore. They're staying home. Uh, the streets are being disinfected by government officials and the armies. So, yeah, for England to, oh, England, I'll say England, the UK, which includes Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales, they've done the complete opposite. So they've saying, OK, we admit defeat. We're no longer going to try and contain it. Everyone's going to catch it at some point. May as well get it over and done with, but just try and delay it as long as possible so we don't swamp, swamp the NHS. We don't want the National Health Service to collapse. So... This is so stupid. It's so stupid the way our country, so England, is is handling the situation. You know, like as soon as they heard about the coronavirus, I mean, if you had a bunch of preppers in there in the government, as soon as you hear about the coronavirus, we'd be having this place on lockdown. Yeah, we'd be putting hand gel things that would be like, you have to contain this. This is coming to England. But it amazes me the ignorance and it amazes me how half-assed, for one, our government is, and two, as I said to you earlier, Paul, how half-assed our nation is with this coronavirus. Now I'm seeing people argue with me about the coronavirus and try to tell me that, you know, as I've mentioned to you many times and we've agreed on, they try to tell me that I shouldn't wear a mask because it doesn't do anything. But these same people have a bunch of kids who are all probably infected now. They're all on public transport in London and they're not even washing their hands, not even following basic hygiene. What was that statistic you told me earlier on about the, the YouGov poll? Oh, which one was that? I can't remember now. I've seen that many the, stats this morning. It was the the one where it was something like a quarter of people or something along those lines on. Oh, yeah. Sky News put a poll out. Um, and there's 25% of people who haven't changed their ways. Um, there's, there's quite a high percentage of people saying they've improved their hygiene. I think it was like 17% said they've stopped travel. Uh, 25% of them says they haven't done anything. So one in four people are not doing anything to help prevent the spread of this. Absolutely insane. But those same people, those same people, Paul, will be moaning when they've got the virus and yeah. when a loved one dies. And they'll be yeah. like, oh, I can't believe this has happened. But they haven't prepared for it because they just assume the government as always will fix it. You know, that's one thing. Our government is different to the American government. But at the same time, you can't ever trust your government. I've spoken to quite a few people in Japan who don't trust their own government. Um, and, you know, it should be the same back home. We just kind of just think, oh, well, the government will fix it. They won't. They don't care about you. Um, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, we are living in these times where the British public are this ignorant to what is going on. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Um, I was, I caught on Sky News earlier. I think they were talking about this herd immunity. Um, the official figure says 60% need to catch it in order to protect the rest of the nation. But Sky News was saying 90% need to catch it to protect uh, the other people. So if 90% of the population have uh, contract uh, COVID-19, then that should shield it from spreading to the other 10%. But that other 10%, the UK population at the minute, I think it's around 65 million. So you're looking at 10% that they're willing to sacrifice or risk the lives of. And 10% of 65 million is six and a half million people. 
but just by Absolutely numbers. Insane. They're they're willing to risk six and a half million lives of uh, elderly and weak. Uh, the weak population of the UK in order to try and build up an immune system for this. It just baffles me. I don't understand the logic behind it. Which is probably There is no logic. I think we're running scared, man. In all honesty, our government has fuck all, and I know I wasn't trying to swear, I (laughs) apologise, but it has absolutely fuck all response to this, and it's got its head buried in the sand. You know, I spoke to a friend the other day, and I said to him, I said, look, if you're walking around at night time, and you looked up to the sky and you saw a meteorite heading towards Earth. Let's pretend somehow you can see it as a meteorite, okay? And you've got two days till it gets here. Are you ever going to, A, just sit there and live your life? Or B, are you going to prepare for this situation and, you know, dig underground, find some sort of means of survival? Or are you just going to accept it? It's like, it's obvious. You're not going to sit there and accept that. You're going to do what you can to prepare for it. And it shocks me that we are living you know, in, in the times, that, especially with our nation, that they're just so ignorant. And they're just like, oh, yeah, well, we do we know what to do? It's like, why have you not prepared for this? Like, why have you not um, got ready for this? And it's the same thing with, like, you know, both you and me, we've had the same situations where people have come out of the woodwork and been like, oh, what do I do? And it's like, I don't know, do it yourself. You didn't want to know before. Yeah when we're prepping so why do you want to know now because yeah, you're scared you can't be bothered to fix it it's not my fault it is funny watching um they call them sheep because they're just they're just herd followers they follow the follow the herd and do what they're told um by the government and these these people think that the government will save them when the time comes the government aren't going to save you the, the government will save themselves and that's about as far as it'll stretch yeah, which is true. The case case in point here is the shelves are being emptied across, well, across Europe. Um, I have a, a friend in uh, France. He went to the shops the other day and he couldn't get some of the things he needed. The shelves were being emptied there, and that was the the day of where the the French president Macron is it. He decided to close the schools from the following Monday, and people have just panicked and they've just gone out and bought whatever they can i know here in the uk for whatever reason i can't understand this at all but it is impossible to buy toilet rolls everywhere are sold out of toilet rolls they just can't stack the shelves quick enough and also pasta the the irony of that i mean being italy italy being the world's leading producer of pasta and now england we can't get pasta anywhere in the shops it's just sold out but luckily for me, being a prepper, I I have three months worth of food in my cupboard and a good chunk of that is uh, pastas and spaghettis and tins of tomatoes as a, a long-term staple food that we'll keep, keep in the cupboards. So That's I, the point though, mate. Yeah, Sorry, I, I didn't I, mean to interrupt you. Sorry, I, did, I did this months ago, my shop. Um, we, we did it in preparation of anything going awry with Brexit. <laughs> Um, we, we made a podcast about that and the, the response we got back from that was, oh, you're being silly, the government will handle it. I mean, fair enough, yeah. I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. Nothing went wrong with Brexit yet. But now we've been hit by something else, which people weren't prepared for and weren't aware was was coming our way. And now look what's happened. You can't buy these things off the shelves. 
there's also a shortage of ibuprofen. I've noticed the shortage of ibuprofen around here for the last few months. I've had to get my parents to get ibuprofen from where they live. They live sort of 50 mile away from where I am. Um, and I've, I've been asking them to pick me up boxes because where I live in central England, Staffordshire area, there, there just isn't any on the shelves. They seem to be sold out constantly. Maybe it depends on areas, uh, you know, so different places in the country will have different things. But, you know, going back to quickly what you just said then, I was going to say exactly the same thing. You can go back and listen to our podcasts and how we talk about we've just stocked up for Brexit. We've you know, Obviously, we couldn't predict that this is going to happen, but we did mention that, you know, it, the time now is to stock up. The time is now to stock up and and look what's going to happen. It's case in point. It's a perfect I told you so kind of situation yep. um, that people just don't want to, they don't want to accept. They don't want to, they just, they still, and this was what really like, it doesn't scare me, but just can't understand the logic of how, you know, I call it thick Britain because that's what it is. You know, we've got people who are still arguing with us about prepping. And it's like, are you like retarded? Look at the situation that we're in. And you're still arguing with me, trying to tell me that it's stupid. I'm like, you are fucked. Yeah, um, I, I had a situation on Friday where I, I almost turned around and slapped somebody around the face for being so stupid. I I went to pick my daughter up from school and there was there was somebody stood behind me. Um, we we're, were in the playground waiting for him to open the gates. And there's probably 30. it wasn't a kid. We just they, need to add that in. <laughs> it wasn't a kid. There were 30 to 40 parents there waiting to collect the children. And there was somebody stood behind me saying, oh, yeah, my son's been off ill for the last two weeks from school. He's he's sort of coughing and sneezing and throwing up and he's got all sorts. Now, th this person, their son was stood with them in the playground. And the person says, I started to get it now. I've been having the same symptoms. And I, I just felt like turning around and saying, have you not been watching the news? I mean, yes, you, they, they may not have... Um, coronavirus but just common sense you've obviously got something that's passed on between people because you've said your son's had it your daughter's had it you've had it and now you're here amongst parents sending your, your kids to school that have had this illness whatever it is and it's, it's just the stupidity of people i mean you've got something that's contagious that's spread around your immediate family and yet you send your kids off to school or you go and take them to populated places that's exactly how this virus is going to spread and i think that's exactly what the government want for, for to happen with it with their so-called herd immunity well it's insane you know that the other strange thing about that we're going to you know move on to the main topics in a second but the strange the strange thing about it all is it's like you know you could and this is like not a generalization in any form um but you know for example if there was a woman um, she may turn on the news for five minutes and watch it and then turn it off and then go and you know watch Loose Woman, which is like a woman's chat TV show about dresses or something like that. And you know, don't get me wrong, men men are just as stupid as well. But what I'm saying is it's society's ignorance, and we are a country which are extremely thick, like extremely thick. Um and it's scary how dumb we've become as a nation. And don't get me wrong, we've always been kind of dumb in a sense, but like it's to the point where it's you know it's not like being dumb as in it's like oh you know they're just a bit stupid it's it's like dumb ignorance to the point where you know people will argue with you and, 
and they won't back down until they're crying or screaming at you and all this bizarre behavior mm. um you know what I that's blame. the kind of people we're dealing with well I, I blame facebook and social media for that people don't know how to interact with other people anymore they, everyone's turned into a keyboard warrior well, it's true, you know, bringing, bringing that into our main, our main topic as well. One of our main topics is how Japan has prepared for this and with the coronavirus. And, you know, in Japan, it's a completely different society. I can't begin to explain how much of a different society it actually is. Um, you know, quickly, just before we go in, you, you've got people walking in the street. And if you cross paths and kind of cut each other off, both of you just bow. And then you go along your merry way. And it's just a massive, massive respect thing. You've got construction workers waving at you. You know, you've got people working at shops that smile at you and say good morning. And it's like a completely different society. It's, it's insane how different it is. And I'm not looking forward to going back home. Oh. Um, but I, I it just, just goes to... Go on, on. Carry on. I was just going to say, I've picked a few, um, picked a few Japanese phrases up <laughs> myself. I've been playing uh, Shenmue 3 on the PS4 and picked a few Japanese phrases up from that because they have the, the Japanese audio on with the English subtitles. Because I, I, yeah, I prefer to play the games play in the, the native audio. So yeah, oh, I mean, Ohio, I think it, is good morning, isn't it? Ohio, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Sumimasen, yeah. excuse me. or Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, carry You're on. We, me, we digress. Well, I was going to say quickly, yeah, you know, in case anyone's wondering why we're cutting each other off again, it's because we've got a delay. Um, obviously, we're on two sides of the... It's insane to think that I'm on the other side of the world and Paul at the moment, but yeah. that's the uh, that's reality of it. But enough of the running. Let's move into our first subject. And our first subject is how Japan... Technically, it's our second subject, but how Japan is preparing for the coronavirus so as i said earlier on um i'm in asaka and i'm about to fly home tomorrow morning and very strange i'll be arriving back at 5 p.m on the same day which is a real it's a real head of fuck um because we're nine hours ahead in japan so um japan is a nation which has always been around disasters it's always been around natural disasters you know economic disasters war and so forth and it's a it's a nation with a massive massive spirit a very very strong one of honor and loyalty and things like that um one thing that i i tend to i, I tend to see around japan a lot is people preparing for things or situations so a prime example um was walking around uh kyoto when i was first there and i started to notice these strange signs and it had like a picture of like um like a little cartoon character and it said it was like pointing saying evacuation zone and japan actually has earthquake evacuation zones set up in a lot of places so i was walking down this street a small alleyway and then as i said there was a sign there um and it was literally a place to go in case there was an earthquake so all the residents would come out in the area and all gather in that area if an earthquake went off um with their phones they have like a national uh repair system as well so if there's an earthquake it'll come through to your phone and be like warning there's been an earthquake in this area which is really really similar to the how the american uh, government works i don't know why we don't have it but mm. you know it's how the american government works as well so they'll get earthquake warnings um with that as well there's there's separate apps you can get where people can like 
update live in live real food time where there's earthquakes and stuff in Japan. It's really, really cool just to watch it when you're a bit bored. You can download it on a Google store. Um, but it's quite good just to just to see how the system is there. Um, you know, with with elevators as well, like even elevators or lifts or whatever you want to call them, you've got um they're essentially like disaster boxes in the elevators and they're they've got food they've got water they've got they've got stuff like magazines they've got lights like chem lights um or um what do we call them glow sticks glow sticks um they've got a massive range of things all in just this box in the elevator in case you get stuck in there and it's stuff like that which really goes to show how much of a prepping nation it is yeah. um you know they had the disaster as well um The tsunami. I think it was 2011, wasn't it? The tsunami. Oh, yeah, it was about um, 10, 10 years ago now, wasn't it? God, 2011 was 10 years ago. Was that Fukushima? No, that was Fukushima, which was the, the thing I was going to say. Um, if you follow our Instagram, I actually uploaded a picture because I passed through Fukushima and it was really cool just to see the area, actually. Um, and it's kind of strange to think there was a nuclear meltdown here, but yeah, it's, um, it's very strange. And as I said, you've got a whole nation which is prepared for disasters, prepared for evacuation zones. And certainly if something happened, in all honesty, I can imagine Japan just getting straight back up from it and just carrying on day-to-day -day life. Yeah, they, they did with the tsunami, didn't they? It was like the, the day after people were going back to work and it was a, a mass cleanup. Everyone was helping to clean up. I just checked the date and it was the 11th of March, 2011. So nine years ago, as of what, three days ago? Christ, it's insane. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was that long ago because I seem to, I seem to feel like it was the other day. Yeah, no, it was nine years ago. That's no. crazy. I think another thing of that as well is, it's probably because in 2004, the uh, was it Thailand or was it Indonesia? I think it's Thailand, wasn't it? Oh, the, the, bo the Boxing there. Day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's because that's etched in so many people's memories as well. Um, you know, I, I guess. I guess you kind of just like just assume it's always that one mistakenly. It's hard not to. That was 2004. Yeah, that was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, December 2004, 26. God, I was only like 16. Wow. Was I? Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, that's insane. But yeah, it was, um, no, it wasn't. I was like 15, but still. Yeah, it's insane. It's, um, you know, going back to the topic, like Japan is a nation which is prepared for disasters um so you've got to give it to him um like even walking around um and i've said this to you a lot of times paul and i've said this in the japan podcast which will be released to um anyone else who's listening to this podcast later on it goes out to our patreon subs first um and i said that the 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 nation has in public places so in starbucks and government offices anywhere basically that serve the public all the employees are wearing face masks mm. um and in nearly every single i think i may have seen one or two not with it but nearly in every single place i've seen there is a counter and it's got hand spray on it or hand gel as like a disinfectant um to wash your hands so it's something that you know the, the general public is taken taken seriously you know which brings us into our next subject which is East versus West, and what our predictions are for the coronavirus, Paul? Our predictions for the coronavirus. I think the UK now, where we are, is where Italy were three weeks ago. 
So I think in three weeks time for the UK, we're going to be seeing the types of numbers that Italy have had. So we're going to be seeing hundreds of deaths a day. This is my prediction. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It might. It, we don't know. That's what our prediction is, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think in two to three weeks time, I'm going to say two weeks time, they'll shut the schools and realize they made a big mistake. I think over the course of the next week, they'll stop large public events. I think there's already a plan to do that from Monday. But I think people will start taking that more seriously and they'll start to close down smaller venues. Um, and I think after three weeks, three to four weeks or three to six weeks, our healthcare system, the NHS and the hospitals will be overrun with cases and we will be in a lot of trouble. Those are my predictions. It's strange though, isn't it? Like with, with the whole, like, because at first I said to Paul, I said, it's almost like it's kind of, I thought that maybe, and I, I don't have any technical terms, so I do apologize, but I've, I kind of felt like maybe it was a virus engineered towards the Asian population almost, maybe like a chimera virus, I think they're called. Like I so said, they're kind of genetically engineered to attack certain um certain races and I, I do know that is like a real thing kind of thing i don't think it's ever been released but hmm. um you, you can genetically engineer it to attack certain well i don't know about races but certainly immune systems um but it is strange how it's now leaped to the most random countries like italy and you know obviously it started out in china and japan and japan seems to have got it under control now but then you've got like italy just getting wiped and spain's getting wiped and it's almost like what earth is that happening? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, from what we've predicted it's, and what we've heard is from, because there's so many old people. Yeah, um, there, there is a large population. Um, I think Italy has the, the highest population of elders in the world uh, due to their uh, Mediterranean diet, I guess, and all the fish and the oils and the lifestyle that they lead. Um, but yeah, they uh, they have some of the oldest people in the world living in Italy. And unfortunately, they are now suffering with the consequences of wherever this virus came from. But that's a strange thing as well, because in Japan, you know, as I said, I've seen a lot of older people. They're all wearing face masks and the nation itself is taking precautions to help stop the virus by putting out hand gel and putting out hand spray and wearing masks and just having common decency and you know, I can't speak for Italy because I I can't really, I've only been there a few times, but I can't really be like, oh, this is what Italy or Italians do. But it does seem rather strange how they're all getting completely wiped. And I think, you know, again, I don't have proof, but I think it could probably just be the fact is they're just not following basic, like, hygiene and they're not wearing masks and, you know, they're not protecting themselves. And it's like, you know, common things. Like if you go onto the underground and you're holding onto a pole, don't put your fingers in your mouth, wash your hands, disinfect them before mm. you do that. Yeah, um, just quickly touching on that, face masks. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not going to stop the virus getting into your mouth. Uh, face masks aren't going to block the particles getting there. Well, no, maybe not. But if it's just a face mask that's covering your mouth, then it's stopping you from touching your mouth and your face. So it is acting as a shield in that way to stop stopping um, yourself from causing yourself contact with your, with your face and your mouth. So there are other reasons for wearing face masks, not just the case of, oh, I'm blocking, I'm blocking dust or snot particles from getting into my mouth. But it's not just your mouth, it's eyes and nose as well that they're saying as well. 
ask yourself this if you're in the situation where you've got a family and you've got you know let's say your cherished family your 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 kids or your elderly family and stuff and you're on the underground someone may have the coronavirus do you want them breathing out and infecting you potentially killing your family or would you rather have that person covered up and this is what i'm going to say to people when i'm back and i know people will mock me when i go back to england which i'll be wearing my mask um and i'm just waiting for people to be like oh why have you got that mask on and i'm going to tell them fucking straight i'm going to tell them straight up like this is why I've got my mask on. I've come back from Japan, which was a hot zone. This is now a hot zone. If I have coronavirus, which I could do, do you really want me to infect your family? Mm. That's what people have to think about. I, th I think you may be surprised when you come back. I think you will see a lot more people wearing masks than you did before you went to Japan. Yeah, certainly, as you mentioned, like the gas mask man stuff, I, I, I really do hope I see people wearing masks because that would make me really, really... And I sound very angry at the moment, but I'm not. I'm, I'm very chill. Um, but that would make me very happy if I did see people taking it seriously. Yeah, um, we've we've actually got to go to the hospital next week. We've got an uh, appointment with an optician for my daughter. Um, uh, we need to actually go into a hospital for that appointment. Uh, we we'll we'll be wearing masks, and my wife's in a wheelchair. And when we get back, I'm going to make sure that her wheels are cleaned thoroughly, obviously through mm. from wheeling through the the hospital. So everything will be disinfected. We'll go straight there. We'll come straight back, and anything that we come into contact with, we'll 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 wash ourselves. We'll probably change our clothes when we get home as well. Um, throw them straight in the wash. Um, yeah, but we definitely will be wearing masks there. Well, that's another thing, mate. Like when I, so I return, it seems really weird to think in 24 hours, I'll, I'll be back home, which is very strange to think that, but mm. yeah. Um, and just under 24 hours, I'm traveling back from London, but either way, um, you know, it's, it's very weird to think that I'm going to have to self isolate, um, for two weeks. And it's really strange because, um, I live at home and I'm going to be self-isolating and it's going to be the most bizarre. Like my mom said to me earlier on, she was like, oh, Luke, I've, you know, I've got you some supplies in. I'll put them outside your bedroom door. I'll use a separate bathroom and stuff. And I was just like, what? And then yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, like I could be infected. And it just, you don't really think about it. But, that, you know, that is, she's... that is some of the advice that they are throwing out there. Um, use separate bathrooms, use separate towels. Obviously, if you're yeah. wiping your face when you've, you have your morning wash, use different towels, uh, sleep in different beds. Uh, they are saying try to keep at least I mean, two, I... two to three meters away from anyone in your household if you are self-isolating. I, I just want to put it out there to anyone listening. I don't sleep in the same bed as my mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, yeah. Um, that would that would be strange. Yeah, just a podcast first, just to tell everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's true. You know, you've got you've got to be on the ball, and it, that's a scary thing, man. You could potentially people could lose their lives to this, and it's it's you know you kind of and that's what baffles me. And people just don't take it don't take it seriously. It's fucking it's insane, mate. It's like this disease is killing people, and like you're just pissing around on the tube with no protection. Yeah, I would say that this could have quite a large psychological impact on a lot of people in the nation. Um, I particularly would like to know how that guy is doing who the the news branded the super spreader i mean they they put his name out there they put his face all over 
all over the news and they branded him as the super spreader uh, without a care in the world of what kind of impact it may have on, on him psychologically. I mean, mm. people, people are going to have to deal with the fact that, yeah, I may have spread this, I may have given this to someone and it has killed them. Yeah. People yeah, are going to feel like good about manslaughter. Them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I joked that I'd like to infect the whole of Birmingham and get rid of it, but <laughs> you know, being realistic, like, um, it is, it is, it is a scary time we're living in. One thing that really, really does bug me that, uh, to my knowledge, there's been no recordings of children being killed from this virus. No, they they are saying that under tens are safe from it, but in the news this morning, it's not a recorded death. They were saying that a mother and her newborn baby. The newborn has contracted it. Oh fuck, that sucks, man. Where was yeah, this? This morning. No, no. Where, whereabouts was it? Was it oh, in, in England? England? In England, yeah. The the mother oh, had. Shit. She went into hospital early with suspected pneumonia. Uh-huh. Uh She had the baby, and then a day or two later, they tested her for corona, uh, for COVID nineteen, and they found out she had it. And then they also tested the infant, and the the infant has got it as well. So. Yeah. But you never know, you know, and then hopefully there'll be positive news from that and the baby will and the mother will actually heal up, so to speak. But it yeah. it, it, it is a bit weird that, you know, it doesn't seem to really affect kids. Um, <laughs> they seem to be, I mean, they're hard, though. They're crazy, man. And you get the kids like getting diseases every two minutes. Um, they clearly don't give a shit. Um, yeah, my daughter but... brings something home from school every every week, something different, a cold, some kind of bug. I mean, per se as well, and this is a topic we haven't really even bothered to even like discuss. Uh, me and Paul tend to plan out topics anyway, obviously prior to the podcast. But, you know, in per se, Paul, if you were in a situation that you found out you got corona, what would you do? Myself, I'd self-isolate. Um, we're quite lucky that we have quite a large house. We have um, four bathrooms or four toilets. Three. Yeah, that's impressive. You live <laughs> yeah. in a mansion. Uh, kind of, yeah. I work hard. <laughs> so yeah, we've 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 got three showers. We've got a bathroom. Um, there's a toilet, four toilets. Uh, we've got four bedrooms. La- a large enough house to be able to self isolate. So yeah, I I would live out of one room or one floor of the house because we're in a three story house. Um, the top story being my my office because I work from home. So I, I have enough room up here to. Put a, a bed up. I, I've got my own um, bathroom up here as well, my own toilet and shower. So I, I could quite happily live up on the top floor, out of the way of everyone. Uh, if so basically, Paul's a millionaire. Anyone, in case you're listening, you need somewhere to go. I, I'm um, not a millionaire. I've just worked a million hours and worked hard to get where I am today. Yeah, Paul. Paul graphs very hard. So well done, Paul. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what would you do? Oh, you're gonna have to do it. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Actually, I have to go, I'm gonna have to actually self isolate. So, my room, um, so my mom's bedroom is basically again, I live in quite a big house, I'm very fortunate, it's a family home. Um, so there is two bathrooms, and there's three bathrooms now, actually, um, because we've just had a massive extension. And uh, it's you know, this. This podcast just sounds like we're bragging everything. It's not intentionally. <laughs> my, so we're my doing, house is bigger do, than yours. <laughs> yeah, we do apologize. Um yeah. but yeah, so uh I'm gonna be using the top bathroom still, and then my mom's gonna be using the downstairs bathroom. Um and 
I'm practically going to have to stay in my bedroom. I mean, I'm not really complaining because it just means I'll play GTA for two weeks. <laughs> um, so it's not as bad. But, you know, one thing I'm going to get, I'm going to stress if I can't go outside. So I'm going to be going outside. But I figured what I'll do is if I do go outside, which will probably be at night when I'm away from people, um, I will I will essentially um, try to disinfect doorknobs and stuff like that and, you know, go out at night, go for a run and stuff like that and then just come back and keep everything, you know, try to keep my hands away. I mean, I've got some surgical gloves. I could even, I guess, I don't know how it works. They're disinfected, I believe. I guess I'll just use, I'll just use them mm-hmm. um, as well and... Uh, and wear them or just put condoms on my hands. I'm not quite sure, but either way, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really strange actually self-isolating and being like, look, I can't come into contact with you because I could be infected. Um, But then, as I said, you know, when we started, before I started the Japan event show, it was all like, oh, coronavirus is major here. And it was all like me self-isolating, but (laughs) somewhere around there, everyone should be self-isolating in England. Yeah, you're probably um, safe, safer in Japan than what you are over here. I think the yeah, that's the, that's the irony of it. The numbers in Japan they haven't really moved in in the time that you've been out there. So there's still only 725 cases confirmed in Japan. And it but was, like I said, it's because they've got it on lockdown. Yeah, it was it wasn't far off that number when you went. It's probably I, I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it hasn't it hasn't grown at all in Japan. They have locked it down hard. I did read about some guy. Uh, where was it? Oh, God. Um, I think it was Hokkaido, somewhere up north. Um, north of me, anyway. I'm in Osaka at the moment. But yeah, and he, he's a fucking idiot. Like, he he was told he had the coronavirus. And then he went out to the restaurant to go eat, knowing he had the coronavirus. And apparently told his wife he's going to go and infect people. Um, and then um a lady who works there has now got the coronavirus they don't know if it's linked i mean it sounds stupid they don't know but it may not be linked but still like it's just ignorance of that like how could you be so ignorant to the fact that you're going to go oh i want to purposely go and infect people i think we may see some hardcore laws coming into place uh, to help protect people with that i think we already are mate yeah it's like with um hiv isn't it if people go out and knowingly infect people with hiv they they get a hefty sentence from that well, so they should, mate. You know, it's, it's putting someone's life at risk. It's, oh, it's, it's a death stupid. sentence, isn't it? HIV, yeah, it's literally. So, yeah. Do you know, I remember this rumour from primary school. And <laughs> I remember, that, <laughs> it's like, it sounds so stupid now, but as a kid, obviously you believe anything. But there was a rumour going around that uh, apparently in local, like, clubs or hangout areas... Um, people be walking along and then suddenly you'd feel pinprick in your arm and <laughs> sounds so stupid and I think about it but as a kid you believe anything as I said mm-hmm. uh, so they get a pinprick in their arm and then apparently someone walks up to you and goes to you in a quiet voice they go welcome to the HIV club and then you've got HIV so apparently there's a HIV needle which can infect you um, that was the rumour when I was 8 years old and thinking back to it it sounds fucking ridiculous but as I said, you believe anything as a kid. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe we'll get a welcome to the Corona Club. Um, I'm, uh, handing out badges for it, so. Yeah, I mean that's what we'll that's what we'll probably um, start to start to see. I mean, are we seeing any more shortages of products as well? Like uh, you know, apart from the toilet roll, apart. From, I mean, I didn't know about the 
uh, aspirin, but anything apart from that at all? Yeah, I'm not sure about aspirin. I don't know if that's just local, local to us, but I've been having trouble buying packs of ibuprofen and paracetamol for a couple of months. So it may, it may just be a supply chain issue um, in the area that I live. Uh, as for other shortages, there are shortages for hand gels and sanitizers. Um, people seem to have gone crazy buying the, the hand gels, like the hand pump ones that you see that you put in your bathrooms. Um, soap works as well. But we, we managed to get six six bars of soap in our latest weekly shop. Mm. Um, speaking of our latest weekly shop, we did have a couple of packs of toilet rolls that were on the shopping list and they just didn't get delivered. Uh, I asked the delivery driver about oh, really? it. Yeah, I asked the driver about it and he says they had a shipment in yesterday. This was from Asda. They had a big shipment in yesterday and it was reserved to fulfill orders that have been made for Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So that's how, how panicked people are in buying toilet rolls. Why? What I don't understand is like, like I don't understand why toilet roll is like so vital to people. Like you can still clean your ass without toilet roll. It's not like it's, it's like you have to have toilet roll to like clean your ass after you go for a shit. <laughs> you can in Japan. So there's a there's a bidet in just about every every room, restaurant, and hotel you stop in, isn't there? It's amazing. I I can literally right this second go and sit on a heated toilet and I can get it to spray my ass and my willy if I really wanted to. Um, I get to play music as well. Like, <laughs> I've got very used to this life. It doesn't seem like I don't, to be fair, I hardly ever use like the, the buttons, but it is quite fun when you first try it out. Yeah. Just make sure you press the buttons when you're sitting, when you're sitting down, don't do it when you're standing up. Otherwise you'll get a wet eye. Yeah, I made that mistake. I forgot to tell you this. I um, <laughs> did I tell you this? You said did mention it in a message. Yeah. Oh Christ! So I was sitting. So I was in the hostel the other day, and so there's obviously a shared bathroom. And I was like, "What is this thing? Because it's called a magic wand. It sounds like a sex toy, but this is basically it's like long tube comes out, and that's what sprays your ass. And I was like, I wonder what it looks like. I wonder if it's just like a little spray. <laughs> and then I opened my leg and looked down and it went absolutely flying into my eye. I was like, fuck. So I had to get some soap and like kind of rub my eye. And I was like, if I've got coronavirus, this is it. This, this is what got me coronavirus. Um, Death by bidets. God, that'd be embarrassing. But yeah, let's move on to our, our final subject, Paul, is how can we lock down our areas and how can we prepare for our families? Yeah, so as, as we've touched on already uh, in previous podcasts, don't panic buy. You should have been buying additional stuff, a few cans a week at a time, just just to get that safety net. Um, maybe people will start listening now, because, I mean, it's hit the fan, hasn't it, basically? So buying additional supplies in advance, having just having a, a spare cupboard in your house dedicated to... Uh, dedicated to these supplies, so having stuff like powdered milk. Um, we we haven't lost power. There's not been an EMP attack, so you can buy frozen frozen meals in frozen food, stuff that's going to work long term for you and your family. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Someone may have a family of four, a family of ten, family of one living on their own. So you need to think yourself what you will eat, what you're going to need long term. So for for me, it's tin stuff, tin vegetables, um, pastas. We we do enjoy pasta, 
so it's not a problem for us to order extra pasta in as i say i've probably got a month's supply of pasta i for one absolutely love oats um i've got about 10 kilograms of oats spare here we go again paul bragging <laughs> paul being prepared for events such as this so yeah having having spare oats in there oats are a good source of energy from just from a survival point of view you have your oats and they they release energy slowly throughout the day so you're having a good oaty breakfast it's just a case of having the stuff in and being prepared for it now is probably too late you've you've missed the boat for for this time round um it's not going to end the world this virus isn't i don't think so lesson learned hard lesson learned start preparing adding extra things to your shopping lists weekly I mean, you don't have to go crazy and spend 200 quid a week on extra food just, just put a fiver aside don't buy a pack of cigarettes for a day don't buy a pint of beer from the pub put that fiver that four pound aside and just stick a few extra tins on your shopping list to the the safety of yourself and your family really um, and lesson learned from this, because something I never expected and didn't stockpile, was toilet rolls. <laughs> I still don't understand the logic of everyone buying toilet rolls, but knowing how the nation has reacted now, it will be something that I, I have a stockpile of going forward. Yeah, I mean, that's the strange thing. Like, you know, me and Paul prepare for, as preppers and any preppers who you know, who are listening, who aren't listening, they already know, they already have food supplies, they have supplies for everything, but it's it's interesting seeing seeing preppers such as ourselves and other preppers um, being like, fuck, there's no, there's no, there's no supplies of certain things. And that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's almost like a training game. For, like, you know, for most people they're panicking, but for us, it's like, it's exciting. Like this is, yeah, this is like an actual open training session for us when we're like, fuck, this is really interesting because we never thought about that. Like, certainly um, one thing that I'll do when this is over, I'll be definitely buying supplies of masks and yes. hand gel and stuff. Just some, I just never, and that's the beauty of it. Like, I never, you know, I kind of assumed that, you know, yeah, you'd need a mask or you need soap. I never thought it'd be like this. But that's the, that's the, the reality of prepping, you know, in a situation that, you know, the next thing could be a meteorite and we wouldn't be prepared for that, an EMP. Um, so if anything, for us, it's a, it's like a training game. Like I'm having a right time. I'm loving this. Um, you know, as Paul is as well, like we're, we're actually having fun with this. It's so interesting. And, you know, it's not at the expense of people's lives, but it's at the expense of our own training that we've been mocked for for so, so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's finally coming in it's finally coming into play. One thing that I... Uh, sorry, did you have anything to add to that quickly, Paul, before I, I, I went into what I'd get? Just going to say, I sent sent Luke a message earlier with a, a photo of my, my stock cupboard with my tins and my pastas and just a, a little note underneath saying, who's laughing now? So be, yeah, people, people mocked us and... Oh, you got mocked on your way out to Japan, didn't you? Somebody shouting abuse at you through when you were going through Birmingham because you're wearing a mask. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, look, look, look at the situation, we're in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, then carry on. What was you going to say? Well, I was just going to add what, what I've got as well is something that people, um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I haven't really looked. I'll have a look in a bit, but I guess maybe they're starting to go out of stocks as well or meals ready to eat. So, oh, meals right. ready to eat are 
um, basically rations which last 24 hours. You know, they've got anything from like 1,800 calories to 2,600 something. And they're like the high calorific content. And they're meant to be for like 24 hours. And, you know, I've got quite a few of them. Like that's my kind of fail safe. Um, you know, I could eat them every one to two days. That's my fail safe. I've got no rations. But it's something to stockpile up on now, you know. Get if you if you are in like the woodlands or you know you are close to nature and you know a bit about foraging, go and forage the stuff now, dry it out. Before I left, I went and foraged for juice ears like jelly ears, which grows on dead elder. And when they dry up, they shrivel up, but when they basically are wet, um, they rehydrate and they're really big and they let they fill up soups, noodles, pastas. You put them in eggs as well. Like they're really good for those um sorts of things, but it'll be something people just overlook. Mm -hmm. Um and now is the time to stockpile them, is to dry I don't mean go and clear out your whole like, you know, nature nature areas. I just mean like just wake up and take stuff which is for free. And that is for free, you know, and be respectful. Um and but... for th for those of you who are absolutely desperate and can't get toilet rolls anywhere. There is always sphagnum moss. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a stereotypical moss. But let's put ourselves out in you know, and this is a long one. This is a long podcast. But let's put ourselves in this situation that, um, Paul, no homo, but let's pretend you know we're living together and we're below the breadline, so to speak, in terms of um, earning money, and we only have like, I don't know, let's say like five pound or we don't have much money how do we survive for the next two weeks i'm five pound yeah yeah obviously i mean give or take i don't mean that for two weeks straight i mean just in terms of like how you know for our people who are less fortunate in society how can you know for anyone listening who is in that situation how can they prepare for this situation in long term the best thing for for long term i think um if you are short of money five pound will go a long way uh you can get cans or cartons of tomatoes from asda uh, morrison's they all have their own special cheap range uh, budget range um, i think asda's is called asda price which is a lot of the stuff what's in my cupboard because i didn't want to spend a fortune on stuff that i may never ever need to eat um those they're like 20p for a carton and that's one meal that will feed three of you if you've got pasta to go with it so 20 pence for a carton of uh, tomatoes, 30 pence for a bag of pasta. There's 50 pence that's going to feed three of you for a day. And you stretch that meal out, it will last you 24 hours for three of you. That's 50p a day. I mean, that, that's that's going to last you weeks, your fiver will, if you're just eating pasta. Obviously, you're going to need to drink. You may, may want to splash out and get some coffee or... Or even go out and get your own coffee from Acorns or Dandelion Root. You don't need to be buying coffee if if you are a coffee drinker or you do need that that boost of a morning to help wake you up. There are other ways of doing it without coffee. So just staple foods. Pasta is the main thing. Um, as we says, there's shortages of it now, so you're going to struggle, struggle to get it in the shops. But pasta, rice, uh, lentils, anything like that. Just the, the cheap ranges of uh, the supermarket foods. Obviously, you're not going to be going into Marks and Spencers and come out with a week's worth of food for a fiver. 
you'll be lucky to go in to Marks and Spencer's and come out with a loaf of bread for a fiver. So you are, you'll have to change, limit where you shop. But it can be done. There are ways of doing it. You just need to be smart with your money. Yeah, certainly. I think that's something people would really... Um, I guess, you know, I see it as like... I, I enjoy... I openly admit I enjoy suffering a lot. Um, and I really enjoy having... I think it, 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 it comes from when I went to Borneo and I was living on ration for three months and at the time I hated it but as I looked back I'm like oh my god that was so fun like starving and then eating like like dried noodles which aren't heat rehydrated properly and just looking forward to the most simple meal like noodle with dried onions like it sounds stupid but you really start to look forward to the sorts of things and something you can you can always remember you know if you can't afford to eat then remember that your body is not essential for your body to eat every day like some people fast for over 24 hours um and it can actually be beneficial to your body you know give or take i'm not saying this is a good thing to do to try but you know and a lot of them including myself we've got a bit of podginess we could probably lose a bit anyway so like let's look on the positive side you know um as i said i you know with with the coronavirus i i think it will I think it'll be a wake-up call for the West. I think we've just become very ignorant to everything in life. And we've kind of just instantly just like kind of just like brush off the Chinese, brush off Japan, brush off Korea, whatever. And we're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Unless we'll just blame them. But they're the ones locking this down. They're the ones who are controlling it. And we should learn something from that and, you know, respect our neighbors and actually be like, okay, we've been fucking up in our whole system. I think what this will bring around, in all honesty... If this is a permanent thing from years to come, I think this will bring around um, an almost complete change in societies. The way they, it will take a long time, but I think people will start to adapt a different way of life, and hopefully, we'll get more way of like an Eastern kind of way of life, like you know where people are more respectful, they've got more loyalty, because it's just it's a fucking wake up call to people because mm-hmm. we're living in stupid times and people just have no respect whatsoever. Yep. Yeah, I think that is one of the major problems and the issues that we we are we will have in this country is that people just don't like authoritative figures and being told what to do, which is going to be problematic for containing, or which has been problematic for containing it, which is why we're no longer in the containment phase. Yeah, I mean, it's our own downfall. Like, it's like, you know, if the government's... I, I don't respect the government, but at the same time, it's like... If the government's saying you need to follow these procedures, then we follow them. We don't fuck around. We just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, people will mess around. And, you know, as that guy I met in Birmingham, he wanted to shout at me for wearing a mask. Um, you know, it's <sighs> people like him will be the one who gets the virus and they don't they don't think ahead. Um, I mean, I'm openly expecting to have the virus, but. At the same time, I hope I don't. But at the same time, you know, like, Pete, I almost, I know it sounds very spiteful, but I almost feel like some people deserve the virus and then others don't. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably wrong on that. But, you know, either way, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, matter of opinion. Rapists and murderers deserve it. Newborn babies don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like anything, you know, it's life. It's life in life in general but yeah um is there anything else you'd like to add to add to this paulio no just just start prepping just a few things at a time you're not going to be able to go out now and mass buy everything 
Um, shops and supermarkets will be limiting what you can buy. They're going to stop you buying 20 packets of toilet rolls, but do it gradually over time. And hopefully everyone will live to see another day. Mm. Or die another day like James Bond. Mm, stay safe, yeah. And stay healthy. Yeah. And if you do get the symptoms, don't be stupid and go picking your kids up from school. Don't send your kids to school. Self-isolate 14 days. Even though the government's now saying seven days, it stops being contagious. In most cases, they've said, after seven Wait, days. Wait, what, what was that? I haven't heard that before. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is something that came to light this morning. Is they're saying seven days now, isolate for seven days. Um, it stops being contagious. Uh, quotation marks. In most cases, after seven days. What, as in it goes away out of the system? Yeah, so people can't catch it from you after seven days. Mm -hmm. I don't know, mate. That, I don't know. That's, that, well, the way the government's handled things at the moment, I don't agree with that. I'm yeah, I think it's bad advice. Yeah, 14 days. Stick with 14 days. Be safe. Hopefully you shouldn't need to leave the house because you'll have a supply of food. And if you haven't got a supply of food, you can use online services to order your food. Um, just be aware, make a note on the order checkout, let them know, just get the driver to leave it on your doorstep. I don't have any contact with the driver, just, they, they'll, they'll have been prepped and um, briefed on this kind of situation, I would imagine. If not, as the Morrisons get on it, teach, educate your drivers, if people want stuff leaving on the doorstep, it's fine. Um, and yeah, just try to avoid contact with people and clean as often as you can so many uh, work surfaces that you use your kitchen your kettle handle on your kettle door handles wipe them down every 24 hours you have anything else to add um yeah i was just the same thing really mate it's just like cleaning surfaces i was just quickly thinking like with the virus does that mean anything i touch if i am infected will become infected like, you know, how does it go about with our bug out gear? Like, is that all infected now? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the main thing is it's not contagious by touch. It's particles and water droplets. But if somebody has sneezed on the hand and then they go and grab a door handle, you're going to pick it up from that door handle. Yeah, I see. If I you see. touch it and then you touch your mouth. And so indirect contact between the spit that they've sneezed out on their hand, wiped on the door handle, you've touched it, touched your mouth. It's now in your system. To be honest, if it's hard not, hard not to be foolish, like I, uh, a really cool dude I met on holiday, like um, there's a drink in Japan called Bakari Sweat, which is basically like a, it's an amazing drink. It's like kind of like a lemony electro drink. Mm. It's not like sugary. It doesn't taste like shit. It's like really good. Anyway, and I was like, have you ever tried Bakari Sweat? And he's like, no. And I was like, hey, go have a taste. And then he just drank some, and I just drank some. And I was like, oh, shit. And then this morning, he's like... shared a bottle, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got a bit of a headache. And I was like... He was like, I did go out last night and have a bit of a bender. And I was like, it's probably that, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just... It's going to happen. It's it's going to be a mistake. It's going to happen at some point, probably. Um, yeah. But he's, just try to avoid it. Here's an interesting exercise for people if they, they're bored at home and they want to try and do something. Um, if you do have somebody with you, or even if you're on your own, try to count how many times an hour, or even every, every, how many times in 30 minutes you touch your face. You'll be surprised at the number. 
Yeah, it's something you tend to do as well. I need to, uh, like, also face mask as well. Like, I threw one away today, which I've been using for about a week, which is probably by far not usable too, anymore. Too long, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've got my other one, which I did wash, which, again, doesn't really help, but, um, you know, it's better than nothing. You know, it's better than nothing, even if it's got an infection on it, but... yeah, um, I think the, the average person probably touches the face up to 20 times an hour. Well, I've started to notice that I've purposely like used my arm mm -hmm. to touch my face if I if I desperately have to. Yeah. Um, or I basically touch my mask and then kind of like push it against my face to kind of like stop an itch. Yeah. Um, it just itches. You got an itch on your nose. You touched your face. Um, it, it is surprising how many times an hour you'll do it. Yeah, yeah it's just... uh, strange. Just ask your partner or whoever you're with, if you're with somebody for a couple of hours, just say, just keep an eye open. Try and keep tabs of how many times I touch my face. You'll be surprised at the number. Another thing as well um, is to just assume that you have the virus. Um, it's it's pure ignorance. Just assume like, I could, you know, I don't have any symptoms, but I could basically be like, oh, I'm absolutely fine and just go back home. But no, you've got to you've just got to assume that you've got the symptoms, and mm -hmm. you've just got to be now following procedures of, um, you know, not touching your face, not picking your nose, not doing these kind of things, and washing your hands, and not just touching like dirty surfaces and stuff. And I'm the sort of person who tends to put my fingers in my mouth quite a lot. I bite my nails, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and certainly now I'm really cautious about it. Like I've actually noticed my fingernails are starting to grow. Um, because I haven't been sticking them in my mouth. Yeah, keep your nails trimmed as well, because you do harvest a lot of bacteria behind your fingernails. Yeah, I mean, I usually just bite them off, but <laughs> but yeah. Okay, let's wrap up this podcast. So this has been the coronavirus. Well, it's become the coronavirus three point zero podcast, yeah, not intentionally, but third podcast on uh... it. I think back to normal next week. We will continue in our series. And next week's podcast will more than likely be on tools that we use. So knives, axes, saws. So yeah, Luke gets to talk about his love for charade knives. I love charade. I absolutely love charade. Um, we'll save that for next week. Oh, wait, what's the date of next week? It was Friday the 13th yesterday. Uh, next Sunday will be the 22nd. Oh, it's close to my birthday, Paul. It's the 30th of March. Oh, nice. You missed um, my birthday. I'm, I didn't even tell you about when was it. that? <laughs> February. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I'm really hoping Paul's going to send me nude photos for my birthday. That's my dream anyway. I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you some noob, noob, noobs. <laughs> noobs. <laughs> I'll, I'll, crappy I'll, BKs. Yeah, I'll send you some nudes. What, do you like hairy men? I love hairy men, mate. I'll, I'll send That's you some dream. nudes of hairy men then. Oh, thank God. Uh, hopefully it's you there, mate. Um, it won't, won't be me. I'm not hairy. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm hairy, but it's it's all good. It's I'll just good. I'll just find One... some hairy men nudes on Google and send to you. Talking about hairy men, which has got nothing to do with this conversation, I thought I'd just change it off before it gets too down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, this is, by the way, oh, quickly, by the way, um, thank you for listening to anyone who has listened. We're going to go into the quick shit talk section. Um, so, you know, if you want to cut off now, then feel free. This is the end of the podcast. Yes, stay alert and stay clean. Yeah, so anyway, this is a shit part of the podcast. Um, Paul, what I did do is I've brought back 
30 cans of boss coffee now boss coffee um as i said before in japan basically but there's a I'm, I'm not exaggerating there's a vending machine on every single corner in japan like you can go into the middle of the mountains and there'd probably be a vending machine on the corner <laughs> um i don't understand who seems to control these vending machines but they're just basically everywhere um i feel like that's a lineup for some sort of doctor who episode where they all become evil mm. um but yeah, and there's a thing called Boss Coffee, which is basically kind of like, it's not really that nice. It's just kind of like basic coffee. It is nice, but it's not like, you know, really decent coffee. Um, and as I mentioned before in one of the podcasts, you can get like hot or cold versions. And it's like, like it's actually physically hot, the can or the bottle. And then you can get them like cool or iced or cold or whatever as well. Anyway, so I brought a 30 of them. I spent about 15 quid on coffee. Um and I've got about 30 cans in my suitcase. So I don't know if that's going to get through security, but I'm hoping it will. Yeah, so what my plan is... Should be okay in your suitcase. Yeah, I mean, what my plan is, is just basically, I'm not going to stick in the freezer because I blow up, but I'm just basically going to stick them in my supply bin so I can have a, a Boss coffee. Because I drink this drink every day, so I can have one for my birthday. Should go and bury some. Mmm. That's a good idea. Like, bury them in, like, middle of the woods and people, like, will be... <laughs> Like find it in like two hundred years and be like, why is there Japanese coffee in the middle of the woods? Like, how did this happen? Yeah, how did this get here? Mm. No, Could I mean in your caches, aliens. Top your caches up with them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I will do. Mm. Um, just have like an extra, extra load of supplies. And I also was thinking tomorrow. I kind of should have done it now. Really, I might actually still do it after this call. Uh, but I might just go and stock up on loads of noodles and just stick them on my bag. Yeah, just um, bring some food back with you. Yeah, yeah, because then that, like, what, what is that, what's a noodle and rice situation? Is that all sold out? I think rice is all right. Rice and noodles, it's, I don't know why they've gone crazy for pasta. I think maybe it's because Italy's <laughs> in the news, and I don't know. Pasta's That's Italian. interesting. We still, got, we still got rice and... Oh, yeah, rice. Um, big Rice comes from China, doesn't it? Biggest supplier in the world of rice. I don't know. I don't know where rice comes from. China, um, Vietnam, isn't it? All there. I would imagine. It's amazing, it, though, isn't it? How people, like, they see something in the media, like, oh, I need to go and do that. Yeah, we could probably do it ourselves. We could trigger a panic buying situation. We send a picture of an empty shelf of washing detergent, for example. Now, let's make it more ridiculous. Oh, um, toothbrushes. Chicken, frozen chicken nuggets. Yeah. Our only Audi frozen chicken nuggets, so. Yeah. Oh, um, send, send it off to Sky News. Just <laughs> just saw somebody buying the entire freezer full of chicken nuggets. There must be a shortage. There are people are panic buying chicken fan. nuggets, yeah. It's... Mate, if I was working, if I was working in the supermarket, I'd be stealing all of those products. <laughs> I'd be doing it sly, but I, mean, I wouldn't be fucking around. Like, you see, like, you see in the news and you see people being like, Oh, there's people selling hand gel for you know twenty quid the price. Yeah, it's genius, mate. It's genius. It's business. This is what business is. Can you imagine the people who've bought stocks in these things just before it all went down. I bet they're loving it. You have to. Um, I have to question it. In what sense? The panic buying, just the random things of people panic buying toilet rolls. I bet you the shares of certain toilet roll companies went through the roof just before uh, all this kicked off. Well, I said that, didn't you? I said that a few days ago. I said I don't like. I I almost think it started by them on purpose. Yeah. 
just like a false rumor to boost business, which is genius. Yeah, it is because people will panic and they will buy it. It's just been proven, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, um... Yeah. Well, what's your travel plans for the next couple of days? Should we tie that onto the end of here, or do you want to update me outside of this? Um, no, I'm happy to happy to put it into this podcast. Um, so I so the time for me now is nine o'clock. So I fly in twenty six hours. Um, I'm I'm literally well. So it's quite cool, like Kansai Airport. So that's the Osaka Airport. Is on basically like an island, so it's about fifty minutes from Osaka, main downtown Osaka. So outside my hotel is literally, is is literally the underground station. Is is no more than three second walk outside the entrance. So I'm just gonna go straight down there about six o'clock in the morning, jump on the underground, get a train to um, the airport, and my flight's at eleven or something. Check in, and. And yeah, and board the plane. I don't know if I've got internet on the plane this way around, but I get into Helsinki for about three, and then it goes back two hours because they're two hours ahead of us. And then eventually I arrive at 5 p.m. into London, and then from London I go to back where I live in the West Midlands, and I get back about 11 p.m. at night. So it's going to be a long time of traveling, but the original plan was to go on. You'll be ready for sleep when you get back, so hopefully it won't disrupt your sleep pattern too much. Yeah, do you know I slept off my last thing really well. I got in at four PM, just went to bed, and then woke up at five AM. I was like, Cool, I'm gonna go spend my first day in a sack. I just slept <laughs> off the whole jet lag. Yeah, the jet lag. So hopefully you'll do that on the way back. Because anyone who doesn't know Luke has trouble sleeping. He's a bit he's a bit of a night owl, he likes to stay awake at night. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like I can I feel like everything's quiet at night time, like I suffer a lot with like um disruption like i'm dyspraxic so i suffer a lot of my sound perception so a lot of stuff which is quite quiet and quite quiet to most people is extremely loud to me mm. um uh, but on the contrary it makes it very useful because i'm oversensitive to sounds which means i wake up like if someone's trying to creep around and stuff and i'm like what the fuck are you doing kind of thing um so it has its advantages and disadvantages but yeah hopefully i'll leave to sleep it off but yeah yeah, I'm the total opposite. I'm like a log when I sleep. Really? I'd sleep through an earthquake, um, I really would. Yeah, but the thing is, I can, I sometimes, if I'm mega tired, I do deep sleep. Mm. Um, I've seen to develop this technique in Japan for just going to bed anywhere I can. And I've never had the ability to do that. Um, That's good, though. I think it's because, no, no, it's good, but I think it's because the. The the majority of my trip, I didn't I didn't stop. I ju- I was walking like fifteen miles a day, doing all these different things, like continuously seeing places. And I got to Tokyo, I kind of did nothing for five days, which mm-hmm. I kind of regret in some senses. But at the same time, I was kind of like, mm, fuck it, I needed just a rest and just yeah, it's not needed, much to do in Tokyo. To be fair, you need needed that time to to cool down, sort of, because you you are looking back at what you've sent me all the pictures and the the podcasts that we put out for the patreons you've had a hectic week and a half traveling around the rest of japan and then the last interview yeah, insane, in Tokyo mate. trip yeah. yeah i've done like five or six cities now um and it, it's like it's insane how how much i've done like even like kyoto feels like it was months ago now and it's only like less than two weeks it's like what um but yeah, it is. It is mad, mate. How how time flies. But that's the benefit of traveling. Like you can go and see a different culture and a different world, and 
like wow life is really good but then you come back and it's like oh i'm back here again what do i do yeah um, uh, it takes some adjusting i think get back yeah it'll be i'm excited to get back and to get back to normality in a way so like it's like i've been in a dream state being here like it just seems like i feel so at home in japan like i don't feel like i'm a holiday mm-hmm. um but at the same time i think it's time that i kind of got back to normality and i need a new job i need to sort you know sort a lot of stuff out so um yeah well on that note shall we wrap it up it's about lunchtime i need to go and get something to eat and shit it's only lunchtime for you it's 9 p.m for me yeah midday yeah 12 o'clock what head fuck that is yeah. um yeah mate well i'm gonna eat some i'm gonna eat some ufo ramen and some ham and drink my picari sweat and boss coffee and probably settle down slightly for the night don't forget to pick me up some capsule toys on the way back gotcha, gotcha. yeah i'll get you some get you some gotcha mate my favorite thing in the world they're all, they look awesome seen some of the ones you've been getting they're really mate cool. they're so so stupid like the things you can buy um but it's hilarious at the same time but from the wilderness to your own home this has been coronavirus 3.0 as yes. always stay alert and stay safe and stay clean <laughs>